Welcome to the Jersey Herd podcast brought to you by Jersey Finance. In this podcast, we will speak about the latest news, views and insights on Jersey's finance industry. Welcome to today's Jersey Finance podcast. My name is Joe Moynihan. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Jersey Finance. And it's my pleasure today to introduce Mark Lewis. Mark is a partner at Stonehenge Fleming, but he is also chair of Caritas Jersey. And Mark is here to talk to us about the living wage. Mark, can we cut straight into it and maybe you'd give us an idea of the the origins of the living wage campaign and and how it came to Jersey? Yeah, um, thanks for inviting me, by the way, Joe, to participate, but I'd be delighted. The the campaign actually has quite a, a long history and it goes back to the 19th century to the late 1800s and probably one of the first people who who really got going with this and coined the idea was a guy called Sir Mark Olroyd who was a Liberal MP uh, for Dewsbury in Yorkshire I think and um, he was a mill owner Uh, he employed about two and a half thousand workers or more and he argued that the payment of a living wage should provide the basis subsistence needed by a worker and his family to live decently and one of his ideas was that a living wage should provide reasonable time for rest and recreation for the worker and the family and for what he called reasonable home comforts. And what he argued was that if you paid your workers a living wage, that the extra amount you're going to pay would be funded by increased efficiency and also the economy would benefit by greater consumption, which would help to uh, fuel demand. So right from the beginning, the arguments for the living wage were both ethical and economic. At the beginning of the 20th century, the the idea started to gain some momentum. And one of the people who pushed this was Benjamin Roundtree, the the well-known Quaker and philanthropist and chocolate maker. Uh, And he was the first person who actually tried to put together a way of calculating what would be the living wage. Then later on, again, there was a, uh, in the century, uh, the 20th century, there was a movement to try and uh, formalise the living wage and actually put it on a statutory foundation. And in in the the 1930s, in the wake of the the Great Depression, um, a number of MPs, including a guy called James Maxton, argued that introducing a statutory living wage would help with unemployment and it would stimulate consumption and demand. And of course, now the living wage campaign is a voluntary thing, but there were movements last century to actually make it a statutory thing. They failed to get the bill through Parliament, and it wasn't really picked up again until the beginning of this century, the 21st century. And the stimulus for it this time was really to do with outsourcing. Right right across the globe, we've had a movement of outsourcing. Um, For instance, local authorities, health authorities started outsourcing non what was considered non-core activities, you know, for cleaning, catering, maintenance and lots of things like that. And and what happened by putting it out, outsourcing it and tendering, there was a drive of wages downwards. What was already a vulnerable sector of society. So the arguments for the living wage in the UK have and had support from the beginning of the century by a wide spectrum of politicians of all different political persuasions, trade unions, faith groups, voluntary groups, and lots of businesses, both large and small. One of the politicians that really flagged the flag in the UK for the living wage is Boris Johnson. He was a, an early mover, early believer in the living wage and um, has been flying the flag for the last um, couple of decades. And also 
also early movers were a number of financial services firms and professional firms. And following the idea and the support for it, uh, Citizens UK um, set up the Living Foundation, Living Wage Foundation, which is the, the main charity supporting the campaign in the UK. In Jersey, the, the idea uh, was picked up by, again by a number of politicians in, in, in very diverse sort of political viewpoints. And Andrew Lewis uh, and Jeff Southern were, were two of the sort of loudest of most vocal people supporting the living wage. And, uh, you know, they wouldn't normally share the same political platform, but they really pushed for the living wage in the island. And it was supported by faith groups and the trade unions and others in, in Jersey. And in 2017, Caritas was approached uh, in Jersey to see if we would act as the UK living wage agent in Jersey. Uh, we felt very privileged to be asked and uh, we're very keen. We supported the living wage campaign. We approached the foundation who were, were delighted to have somebody flying the flag for the ideals in, in Jersey. And so we we were credited ourselves back in 2017 and been working with others on the campaign ever since then. Very good. And for our listeners, what are the benefits of signing up to the living wage? Well, Joe, I've already sort of mentioned that you can put them into two piles, I suppose. There are moral arguments and there are good economic arguments. And just starting on the ethical side, I suppose it's a question of fairness and dignity, dignity of work and dignity for the worker. I suppose it's trite to say a worker should be paid a fair uh, wage, but that means that the wage should be determined purely by the market. There's a real dignity in work and it needs to be respected and rewarded properly. People deserve the opportunity to live a dignified, fulfilling life and and living off the fruit of their labour. And that means not relying on the government for supplemental benefits and, and income. You know, there are, there are lots of people in Jersey who are working two and three jobs just to make ends meet. And not only is that a trial for them, it means they miss out, for instance, on valuable time with their family. They also miss the opportunity to participate in community life and to socialise with family and friends. So hardworking people should have enough to live, not simply to survive. But putting aside the, the moral reasons, which are, are, are good ones, there, there are also good commercial and economic reasons, and particularly for us in the financial services industry. And it's for society at large, but also for individual businesses. And I suppose at one level, it, you could say it's the opposite of the trickle down effect argument. It's the triple trickle up argument. So rather than putting money at the top of the economic system and hoping the money trickles down, you put it in at the bottom. Wealthy individuals don't spend all their money. But if you add a few more pounds to someone whose wages are at the lower levels of society, they're more likely to spend it all in the economy. And and the more money you you put into people's hands, the less reliance they are on on the government and the less they may be a burden on the precious tax reserves that we have. But at the firm level, there are also good business reasons. And I don't think we should underestimate the the benefits which can, can arise to an employer for paying a living wage. So they will be seen as a fair employer, which is a good thing. But there's lots of evidence of greater staff retention, reduced absenteeism. In short, we see a, a more motivated workforce. But th- there are also cultural changes afoot. The importance of state sustainability, good governance, diversity, discrimination or anti-discrimination, I should say, employee well-being. In, in, in short, doing business well and ethically has been growing for some time, but it's now on many 
many businesses uh, agendas. And you, you can see that, for instance, in the US and the B Corp movement, the blueprint movement in the UK are, are good examples of big firms and small firms trying to do business in a new way and sharing ideas. We've got a great local example in the uh, Jersey Good Business Charter, which I think is really excellent. And I'm really pleased to see that in the vanguard of the charter, there's a number of financial services firms who've really taken the lead in this organisation. Sounds very convincing. How many businesses have signed up to living wage in Jersey? Well, not as many as we would have liked, Joe, and it's been a bit of a slow process. So as I said, we were accredited in 2017 and it took us a while to start to get people on board, but we're now starting to see some traction and paces picking up. Jersey Telecoms was the first large firm to sign up, which was great. Uh, And more importantly, the states of Jersey uh, signed up to the commitment last year. And and not only does that mean that the public workforce has now um, signed up, although actually there were a very, very small number of people who who were directly employed by the states who weren't paid the living wage. But it means those outsourced staff that are working regularly on the public services sites also now need to be paid the living wage. And when the states go out to tender and when they are entering into a contract, one of the questions now is, are you playing Are you paying the living wage? So we've only 10 firms signed up at this moment, but there are quite a few about to sign up. And the addition of Jersey Finance Affinity Private Wealth is in addition to my own firm, Stonehenge Fleming. So that's three financial services firms is, is fantastic. But I have to say there's a good number of firms, both in the financial services business and outside, who have not progressed their applications. They're really interested, they like the idea, and in principle, they're committed. But trying to get them over the line is actually quite difficult at times. And we're keen to see that those who've expressed interest, particularly our friends and colleagues in a number of financial services and also professional services, service firms, accountants and lawyers and other professional services firms who have expressed interest but have not signed up if, if, if we can get them over the line. And just to emphasise what the issue is for us, for the financial services industry, Joe, I, um, I would hope that none of the, those who are directly employed are getting paid less than the living wage, which is currently £10.55. But our um, industry is responsible for a lot of outsourced Um, services, particularly cleaning staff, and who are working regularly on our sites. And uh, they're some of the lowest paid people in the the island. And uh, many are are getting the minimum wage because that's where the market is driving wages in the cleaning sector. Although financial services business will be paying their employees more than the £10.55 hours, it's those people we rely on to keep our businesses going that are not always paid that amount of money. Thank you. Uh, Hopefully, as we start to return to a bit more normality, this will get back up the agenda for for many firms. I'm sure that has been a, a reason for a delay. You mentioned financial services. Is there a particular sector that more businesses are signed up to for the living wage than others? And, and is there a reason for that, do you think? I don't think there is. So we've got governmental, we've got financial services, we've got faith communities. We have a number of construction firms that are, are about to um, sign up. But I, I think the industry, that industries where for very understandable reasons, it's been difficult to get traction as the agriculture and hospitality industries. Though I must say, Jersey potteries have been very, very supportive of the campaign. Now, the agricultural and uh, hospitality sector's concerns about the living wage are very understandable and very legitimate. And by the way, let's just say that 
this is a voluntary matter. It's not we're not campaigning for a statutory change, although you will know in the in the UK that a, there has been a commitment to change the minimum wage to get it up to the living wage. But th there are particular reasons for hospitality and agriculture, for instance, how you factor in a board and lodging, which we're working with the UK Foundation to, in order to clarify their rules. And, and, and we think we're, we're there now which will make things easier for firms in the agriculture and hospitality industry to sign up. Great. What message would you like to give to Jersey employers in the finance industry, Mark, who, who are considering signing up to the living wage and, and probably listening to this? Well, the financial services firms and, and, the, and the professional services firms that we have approached have all been very supportive. But as I said, it's been difficult to actually sign people up particularly with the speed that we would like. And I, I'd just like to reiterate that we in the industry have a real opportunity to help those in the lower paid sectors of the island. And in particular, we have a part we can play in respect of cleaning staff and staff of other firms who are regularly on their premises. Uh, the other point I'd, I'd like to make is the industry in Jersey is really behind the curve when we compare ourselves to the United Kingdom. The big four accountancy firms, the Magic Circle Law Firms and High Street Banks were some of the founders of the movement in the UK. I mean, they supported in, in, in various ways, giving money, but also in terms of expertise and flying the flag. And many of our the big financial services firms in, in the UK are really are pushing the, the campaign. And thirdly, I would just say that social responsibility is becoming more and more important to our business. The marketplace is factoring in a firm's SRI, ESG commitments and policies when dealing with us and our clients are and is only going one way. It's only going to become more and more important. It's what investors are looking for. And also we see it now with employees, particularly in the younger generations who are looking for new challenges. They're looking for this area and they will increasingly be looking at the way firms deal with these sorts of things. OK, and, and how do businesses apply to be living wage accredited? The process is very simple. And I think one of the problems that we, we've had when we start to engage is I think it's seen by a lot of people and, you know, HR resources or facility resources or whatever the, the bits of the business who will need to think about this is I think they're concerned it's a very complicated thing to do. Well, in reality, it should be pretty straightforward. And, and each firm needs to sign up to the accreditation license agreement. So it's a fairly short agreement and you just need to sign it. And by doing that, you are making the commitment to pay all your directly employed staff the current living wage, which is at the moment £10.50, but it's likely to go up over the next month. We've been following the London living wage, which has just gone up to £10.75, and uh, we, may, we, we may follow suit. But the commitment is also to ensure that all those people who are regularly on your premises are also paid uh, the living wage. Now, what does that mean? Well, it's, it's a very simple rule. If anybody works on your premises for two hours or more per week in uh, any given day in the week for eight or more consecutive weeks, so two hours, eight more consecutive weeks, then you're considered as being regularly on their premises or on your premises. And you're, you've got to make a commitment to ensure that when they're on your premises, they are paid £10.55. And in our experience, most contractors are willing to do this 
for employers working on on our premises or the premises of, of the people who've signed up. Now, where it's not possible to do that immediately, the commitment is that when possible, that will happen. So when, when your contract with your cleaning agency or, or, or all the, the other relevant agency may be, your commitment is to renegotiate the contract. And if it's not possible with a firm you're using at the moment is to seek a firm that can do it. And in my experience that there are cleaning agencies who who are very willing to, to sign up to uh, the pledge, as it were. And you sign the agreement, we take a copy, we send it off to the UK, and then they say, fine, and then we give you your plaque, and that's it. I mean, the whole process is pretty quick and easy. Thank you very much, Mark. That was that was really interesting. Um, you had a few questions for me, I think. Well, I, I just want to know how, how you, you how you came across the living wage and you know why it became important for you, Joe, at uh, Jersey Finance. Sure, well, I think... Probably like everybody else, we, we had heard about living wage, but I think the spark that got us to really look at it, I think, was a, a contact from your good self um, and speaking <laughs> to our HR people. And when we looked at it, you know, our initial thought was, you know, this is a no brainer. As you've said, you know, all of our staff are being paid in excess of the living wage. So we didn't think that was such a, a big consideration. But but as you pointed out, you know, some of the cleaning staff that come, and we discovered weren't being paid a living wage. So we negotiated with the providers to, to change that and, and did so. So for us, it probably wasn't a massive amount of work. We did have some work to do with the, the cleaning services providers. But other than that, we thought that the logic behind it, the reason why one would, particularly from a moral and ethical perspective, made perfect sense to us. And certainly from our point of view, uh, fit well within our values as an organization. And how do you think, you know, for the for obviously the industry that we're both in, involved in, Joe, particularly for you and at the helm of Jersey Finance and all it does, why do you think it's important for the industry to support this campaign? I think as an industry, we have responsibility for a lot of areas. Um, we are a very successful industry on this island. We benefit from being here and we have a responsibility to the island and I believe to its people. And, and it seems for us as Jersey Finance, just to touch on a few things that you talked about, in the last year and, 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 and a little bit more, we've been trying to make sure that we continue to be proud of our organisation and our industry. And there have been a number of opportunities for us to, I suppose, get involved in different activities that as the industry's promotional body and representative body, we could be seen to lead the way. So, for example, in the last 12 months or more, we, we signed up to the government pledge to put children first. Uh, you talked about the Jersey Good Business Charter. We achieved um, charter status with, with the Good Business Charter quite recently. We've signed up to the IOD Diversity and Inclusion Charter. And if we think that by Jersey Finance being involved in these initiatives, we think it does highlight the initiatives for the rest of our industry. We think that that's very much part of our responsibility as the voice of the financial services uh, sector. Another thing we have done just as, as uh, uh, for information purposes, we, we've signed up um, a three-year arrangement with the Grace Crocker Foundation. I'm not too sure if you're aware of Grace Crocker Foundation, but it's, not it, it's a charity that helps families with young children that need to be hospitalised in the UK. Financially, it's a very difficult time and, as you can imagine, a very stressful time. And the charity 
has been in operation in Jersey for some years and very, very successful in what they do. But they approached us to uh, really ask for support on the skills side. So some of the team in Jersey Finance have given their time to support the charity in things like marketing, their accounts and general administration. And we have agreed as an organization that we will continue to support the charity for three years. So if if um, one of our team leaves, we will get somebody else in to cover all that role. And we think that that's a model that might be adopted by other firms on the island where they're already providing support to a lot of charities, but providing the intellectual support and the expertise that we have is something I think that we have a, a big opportunity to do more as an industry. You know, if you look at the finance industry and, and, and supporting the local community, we have a, over 160 member firms in Jersey Finance. And you talked about CSR and most of those firms have their corporate so- social responsibility, a huge part of their values, and they support the local community and lots of charity initiatives. We have over 14,000 staff and, and throughout the uh, the crisis, we have been getting support from member firms, providing voluntary support and financial support, not alone to existing charities, but also to some of the charities that have been set up specifically to deal with with COVID-19. I would suggest that there are very few sports clubs or art initiatives on the island that don't get support from our member firms. As an industry, we pay a significant amount of taxes and our employees pay a significant amount of taxes. Our businesses and our staff pay significant amount of social security, which benefits the whole island. And uh, quite apart from that, the industry spends over a million pounds a day on local goods and services. So we think that as an industry, we contribute quite a lot to the island and we want to continue to do that. And we want to be seen to be an industry that supports the island and has the right values as an industry. And we think Jersey Finance's responsibility is very much to try and lead the way in that. I, I agree, Joe. I mean, my, my sense, I know what our firm does and speaking to friends and colleagues in, in, in lots of other firms, that there is so much that's going on among the finance industry, which, which is good. But can I can I put you on the, the spot, Joe? I hope you don't mind. But the, the living wage campaign is something it's very important to me. And I feel compassionate about what how can you Jersey Finance as the voice of the International Finance Centre encourage its members to uh, to sign up to the living wage what are you going to do for us Joe? Well I think today is probably not a bad start Mark because people will be hopefully listening to the podcast and will understand it a lot more now than um, they would have had before. We work closely with members on an ongoing basis and, and, and we do share ideas and insights on initiatives that are going on the island that we feel member firms should be aware of. And certainly we don't have uh, don't have an issue with highlighting the living wage issue again with our member firms through our industry insights, which, which goes out on a weekly basis. So I think that we we will be doing some press coverage on the living wage as part of our, our agreement. And what we will do is we will encourage member firms through the interactions we have with them on an ongoing basis. So, for example, one of the Jersey Finance team attends all of the trade association meetings at least once a month. So what we can do is we can highlight living wage to those in organisations and you suggest that they listen to this so they understand it a little bit more perhaps than they do 
now and maybe make a concerted effort to join. I think you touched on the fact that quite a number of firms are interested, but the process takes so long. And I think perhaps that is because there are always other priorities and it really needs sort of almost like a champion within the organization to get it done. I also think it's quite important. One of the, and you touched on it earlier on, about employees and particularly younger employees want to work for businesses that they respect and businesses that they feel are respected in the community. And I think the living wage is certainly one of those initiatives, which certainly helps to take that box, I would have thought, in terms of attracting employees, retaining employees and making them proud to work for your business. Can I just um, say on behalf of Caritas, we're very grateful to you and and the team that have been working with us to get you to sign up. And and also just uh, on behalf of Stay and Fleming, it's good to know there's another couple of firms that were all in it together, as it were, and just want to encourage uh, our uh, friends and other organisations to join in, join in with us. It's an absolute pleasure, Mark, and well done to you and the rest of the team at Caritas. And if we can do any more to give you some support, please do let us know. Thank you very much, Mark. Same to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Jersey Herd. Don't forget to subscribe via your chosen podcast platform and follow us on our social media channels, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.